From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Murphy, we're at the hotel lobby here in Greenville, um, South Carolina. Hello, everybody uh, watching on Facebook Live this morning on this uh, Saturday morning. A little bit of a dreary Saturday here in Greenville. Supposed to get a little sunnier later in the day. Um, But we have officially learned Auburn's path, of course, to the Sweet 16. Um, They handled business yesterday against JSU 80-61, to beating them there in downtown Greenville. And then Miami pulled it out. We were just talking about that game. A dramatic finish there. Um, Miami got the free throws at the end. And then USC almost had a Gordon Hayward-type half-court shot um, in order to to win the game there. Um, so it'll be Auburn versus Miami for a trip to the Sweet 16. Um, Mark, the last time these teams met was the 2001 NIT. Had to, I can't, I can't say that I knew that off the top of my head, but I had to go um, look it up, and Auburn won that game um, back on the Plains. But, so let's talk about this first-round game. Auburn moves to 10-0 all-time in the round of 64. Um, did a great job, I, I thought, you know, at adjusting. Well, not even adjusting, at, at staying at what they were doing. Um, at the beginning of the game, because JSU comes out of the gates, they make five out of their first seven three pointers, and you know at that point, and they, they had held a lead for a decent part of the first half. At that point, you knew the trend was either going to go one of two ways. They were either going to stay hot, and I mean that's the formula if you're a 15 seed. That's the formula to get upset like that, or Auburn was going to start getting the defensive stops it, it it felt like it deserved at that point. And of course, the defense ignited an 18-0 run, and and I mean really. Auburn scored 80 points in this game, but their defense was the main reason they were able to take control. Well, I agree. Uh, Jacksonville State, like you said, came out really shooting well from three-point range. It's the best-case scenario for the upset. But, you know, Auburn really cranked up its defensive intensity. And uh, um, by halftime, it looked to me like unless something really went, went wrong, Auburn was going to win the game. Uh, Auburn did a lot of things really well, Nathan, I thought. You know, we've been talking about it for weeks now it's like why aren't they rebounding better yeah. and boy they stepped up and just had a dominant rebounding performance and jacksonville state had small guards they had some big guys inside too but auburn's big guys are just more athletic and uh, i thought auburn got good support off the bench 21 points only allowed seven points for the bench from jacksonville state and uh, the thing that really stood out to me in the first half 15 made baskets, 13 of them were yeah. on assists, Nathan. Yeah, and uh, it, Auburn had an assist on its first 10 shots of the game, and uh, the first one that wasn't an assist was Katie Johnson, the step-back triple where he was really feeling himself um, afterward. Obviously, that was a good storyline for Auburn in this game. Katie Johnson, you, you look at the stat sheet, and, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily pop out to you, but um, their leading assist man ahead of Wendell Green, seven assists for him. He does a great job of passing the ball a lot of the time. I know a lot of people think he doesn't pass. Um, but he is he's a good passer a lot of the time. Um, and just for him to kind of get off the schneid from that previous game. Um, but really, Auburn, you know, Bruce Pearl and the players, they weren't they weren't concerned about this because, number one, he's done this all season. He'll have a bad game, and he immediately bounces back with a pretty good one. Um, but also, this isn't a guy you could tell at practice the day before. This isn't a guy that ever, certainly never lacks for confidence. Um, if anybody, you know, is lacking for confidence on this team, um, it's not KD Johnson. But he was he was obviously doing a good job of pacing them in there. I thought, you know, you look at Walker Kessler's stat line, and everybody, we'll talk about Jabari Smith, of course, um, but 13 points, 10 boards. He was oh so close again. I feel like he's done that two or three times this season where he's been really close to a triple-double. 
um, nine rejections in the game. He didn't even know it afterward. Um, somebody brought it up in the press room, and he looked down the statue. He's like, oh, uh, no, I didn't know that. So he, he probably wouldn't have known until he got it. Um, but I thought like, a big key mark, I'm not even going to uh, – Zaliznak, I believe, the, the name for uh, JSU's starting center, uh, he picked up three fouls like eight minutes into the game. Um, zero points, only two rebounds, and four fouls for him. So that, like you said, that took out a little bit of size. Obviously, you know, JSU did a decent job of defending at time, but they just didn't have that size down low. Um, and I thought when Auburn started to get into the inside-out rhythm, obviously they were shooting the three ball well. They shot 50% in the first half from deep. That's always going to help you out. But when you have the effectiveness of a guy like Walker Kessler on the inside, him and Wendell were in a pretty good uh, pretty good rhythm there. I thought you know that, that really made things start to click for Auburn on offense. I agree. And then – off the bench, Jalen Williams came in and played about as well as he could play for a guy who played less than six minutes before he uh, had the tooth problem you know, with the collision. And uh, I thought Alan Flanagan played his best game in a long time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing Alan does really well, Nathan, is like in the open court, he can be aggressive and attack the basket. And uh, he'll, he's not scared to go up strong and he can get to the foul line, make some points. And that's what he did in this game. And, uh, you know, that was good to see because they really need him uh, moving forward. And uh, he looked a little bit quicker to me than he had uh, during the regular season. So that was good to see. So just a lot of things went well. And, you know, early in the game, you know, I think Auburn was down 17 or 11. And, you know, I was looking at the stats at that particular point. And Jacksonville State was just shooting unbelievably well from three-point range. And, yeah, they're the number five three-point shooting team in the country. But I just didn't think that was sustainable. Uh, particularly the way Auburn was playing defense because they hit a lot of contested shots. And sure enough, the Auburn defense, as you mentioned earlier, stepped up and made a difference and caused that big scoring drought. And then Auburn had strong finish to the half and then kept it going in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you look at upsets in the past and in the NCAA tournament, that is how that kind of thing happens. The team got to make your tough shots. Um, but I just, you know, the way Auburn was defending – um, most of the time, those teams aren't elite defensively. Now, Virginia was a good de- elite. De- was a good defensive team when they lost to a 16 seed UAC. Um, but you know, it's like Mark said, it became apparent. Um, you know, over the course of kind of the middle eight, uh, honestly, like like you say in football, uh, you know, the the end of the the first half, and for Auburn, the beginning of the second half. I mean, that's something they'd struggled with um, toward the latter part of the season. Um, but like Mark said, I mean, this is a performance where we were just talking about it before we got on. I mean, if you play like you're going to win, you're going to beat Miami if you play like this. I mean, it's just a complete performance um, by Auburn. Um, that rebounding margin, so fi- a 50 to 28, or excuse me, 50 to 32 um, advantage for Auburn, plus 18 on the boards. That's always going to get it done. Um, and then, you know, you look down the stat sheet and everybody had a had a pretty good game. I would say the only game where you're really kind of looking at it and saying, hey, eh, you could have gotten more um, was a guy like Devin Cambridge, but he had but he had five rebounds. <laughs> he shot one of five from the floor, but he had five rebounds. Um, let's talk about that injury real quick to Jalen Williams and just give the latest. Um, so obviously everybody's probably seen it at that, at this point, um, you know, Walker Kessler came down with his elbow accidentally, by the way, the only reason Kessler was in the game was because Dylan Cardwell came out because of his hip. Um, so at the time when we didn't know what was happening, it seemed like they were just dropping like flies. I mean, all their bigs were going down um, at once, but um, Jalen Williams tooth, of course, slices Walker Kessler's elbow. Um, Kessler was very, I was very upset with himself on the court um just really really obviously uh you know mad at himself for for making that happen to his teammate obviously it was inadvertent um but Jalen Williams looked like he was in good spirits after the game you know the the locker room video and everything they let him put the placard up on the uh, up on the bracket um that's kind of chumo kiki-esque of course Jalen probably has a pretty good chance to play this next game um but Bruce Pearl said yesterday so just the latest um that he is going to 
have some dental stuff. You know, they're obviously going to look at it um, today, you know, with a specialist look at his teeth. Um, I think, you know, it probably depends. They took him right away. Yeah. Uh, after the game. The okay. Dentist, so, yeah. Uh, that's something not messing around with. They're going yeah. ahead and taking care of it. Yeah. So, as long as he doesn't have a concussion, yeah. um, he should be fine. And, uh, yeah, he's probably going to be sore, but they can give him some medicine for that in the mouth. Yeah. I mean, they, they certainly need him um, because it seems like, you know, at, at the beginning, baby hooked down so well. Um, and then I, looking back at the, the broadcast, that was only his 12th and 13th three-pointers of the season. Um, I kind of thought he was shooting a little better than that, but he, but he, but he wasn't. He's in like the 20% or something like that. Went two of two from deep, three of three um, from the floor. When you look back over the course of the season for Auburn, it really seems like whenever he plays well, they've got a really good – he just give, he's that nice bench, bench presence at the four. Um, so it seems like when he plays well, uh, they've got a good chance to win. But um, the starter at the four, of course, Jabari Smith, we'll talk about that <laughs> that play at the end there. Um, first of all, you know, shooting four or seven from three, Bruce talked about it post game. Um, this is it, it, it reminded me a lot of the Vanderbilt game in terms of the I think that was something you brought up after that game was getting him the looks where it looks like he's really comfortable. He's a great shooter. He's going to be comfortable a lot of the time. But I thought Auburn and Bruce Pearl thought Auburn did a really, really good job of finding him looks in transition um, and getting him, you know, looks that he that he likes from the outside. Miami, on paper, they played pretty well against USC on defense. On paper, they are not a very efficient defense. So if you can set him up to do that kind of thing against Miami, probably have a good shot at, at another type of performance like this for him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I've seen Miami. I watched them play on TV back in December, and they were not very good at that time. Then I watched them play during the ACC, and I thought they were a much improved team. So uh, really guard-oriented, guard don't make a lot of mistakes. But, yeah, they're going to have a problem matching up with Jabari. And one thing, you know, you mentioned uh, Jabari playing well. I thought the whole team played well in transition. It was like this is, this is what we were seeing back in January and February, Auburn scoring on the fast break or secondary break. And they were doubling Jabari when they were in the half-court offense. And uh, he did a good job of, um, you know, getting the ball to somebody who was open, and then they'd switch to him. And then that guy would make another pass. And Auburn got a lot of good looks. And uh, particularly in the first half, they shot a high percentage and uh, did a good job of sharing the ball. And, you know, the ball didn't stick a lot in one spot. And, uh, you know, we saw way too much of that in the SEC tournament game. Um, and you were just sitting there watching that thing down in Tampa and going, like, move the ball. Yeah. Move the ball. You know, make the extra pass or two and make the guys on defense work a little bit. And that's what they did against Jacksonville State. And look at the result. We were having flashbacks to February. Yeah, yeah. that's why, that's what you were saying after the game was that this is the most – this team has looked like it's late January to mid-February form um, since then, of course. Um, and, you know, obviously, yeah, that, that was something that was brought up um, the day before with Bruce, and I thought it was a little, you know, the quality of opponents, of course, matters. You know, take a look at what Arkansas does at home, what what, uh, what Tennessee has done at home. But, you know, even in those games, <clears throat> maybe not Arkansas, I thought they played pretty well against Arkansas minus the free throws, but they, they were kind of slacking a little bit on offense compared to what they were doing earlier in the season. Obviously, defense was was traveling at that point, and rebounding that was a little bit of an issue, too. I believe they got out-rebound, obviously, um, the Tennessee game and then the, the next game as well. Uh, got rebounded pretty pretty badly in those two games and then uh, ended up getting out-rebounded in their last three games of the regular season. Jabari had 14 rebounds in this game. Um, that's a career best for him. And then I, I saw a tweet this morning that said, biggest takeaway from yesterday's game might be, uh, the, you know, we'll be 
we'll be uh, we'll be telling people one day where we were <laughs> when we saw the Jabari Smith dunk because um, that might. I mean, someone's gonna have to do something crazy for that to not be the dunk of the tournament because that wasn't just a, a Blake Griffin situation where oh he's he's long and he'll just get his arm over the guy. They were chest to chest, got absolutely all of that man, uh, and so that's that's probably the best dunk I've ever seen in person. That's 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 gonna be tough to outdo in the tournament probably. That was a lot of fun. I was watching it happen. I was I was thinking like, is he really gonna go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this situation, yeah. and uh, it was, I was laughing too in the post game. He was. He was saying he wasn't sure he could get there because he left, took off so far. Um, but, you know, that was just classic Jabari. And, uh, you know, he's so smooth. He makes things look easy. But that was sort of a, a different type of thing. It looked like he was straining and stretching to, to make it happen. And it, yep. it was really spectacular. And, uh, you know, normally you don't see a lot of the sports riders show any kind of emotion at all. <laughs> Of course, I, all of them are talking to each other and going like, wow, yeah. did you see that? And uh, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, immediately after that game, I was thinking like, am I lucky to get a chance to cover Jabari Smith for a year? Because this guy is one of the best, smoothest athletes I've ever seen in Auburn. And I've been fortunate to cover a lot of really great athletes, Nathan. Yeah, I think, you know, he's of course, he's only going to have one season here. Um, but certainly, like you said, one of the best athletes to ever come through Auburn, um, regardless of sport. Uh, Katie Johnson said, you know, he'd, he'd never seen him get up like that before. It was kind of similar to the Mississippi State play um, in terms of like his trajectory and kind of where he was going on the court. Of course, this one is almost a, it's almost like a self alley oop. The way I mean, it, it the sequence worked perfectly because normally he doesn't front rim a three pointer, especially one like that where he, his feet were set perfectly. Um, but obviously, it worked out for him. And uh, like Mark said, you know, he. He said after the game he wasn't even sure he was going to be able to do it until he actually jumped. And then, you know, I guess you can have that thought process going <laughs> while you're up in the air. But he's, he said he realized when he was in the air, he's like, oh, I can actually get up over this guy. Um, so, you know, Auburn's going to need him to play really well. Let's 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 talk about Miami just briefly. Um, obviously, so we're going to head over to the arena today. We'll talk to Jim Laranega for Miami. We'll talk to Bruce Pearl for Auburn. Obviously, players on both sides as well and get more extensive previewing um, of this round of 32 game. Seems like a good bit favors Auburn in this game, particularly size. Miami is not very big. Um, the thing with the USC Miami matchup was it was pick your poison. Do you want to face a pretty good front court or do you want to face a pretty good backcourt? Miami's probably a little better in the backcourt, so Auburn needs to be consistent in their guard play. Um, probably not many people can beat Auburn when they play that well in the backcourt like they did yesterday. But um, Miami, look, we talked about it before. They looked really pesky defensively um, yesterday. And on the offensive end, crazy i didn't even realize this until we were in the room and jim laranega was was on the other side in his press conference three turnovers in the entire game for miami i mean that's i wonder if bruce has ever game planned for a team that is coming off of that kind of performance um and so you know they it seems like they played one of their better games you talked about you know early in the season they were looking strong they have a few good wins they beat duke on the road that's obviously um you know that's not easy to do they blew out north carolina earlier in the season that's a team that looks really good in the tournament um, but what do you, how do you think about you know how Auburn matches up in this game and, and what they'll need to do because you know JSU's is you know credit to them and they made the tournament but um, you know I feel like this is a, a matchup that you know in Auburn Arena if Auburn played this game in December they would have won by pretty handy margin and so you know it's a, it's a different beast than a team like Miami from the ACC and a, and a veteran coach like Laranega. Yeah, well, I was watching that game yesterday between uh, Southern Cal and Miami and I was trying to figure out which one would be the better matchup for yeah. Auburn. I really wasn't certain 
because they are really night and day different. 14 assists, three turnovers uh, for the Hurricanes against uh, Southern Cal. But they were out-rebounded by 12, and they made one of 14 three-point shots, which you wouldn't expect from a guard-oriented team. And the thing about Miami, which is probably going to be the biggest challenge for Auburn, is it is a really experienced team. A lot of these guys are uh, – there's a couple six-year seniors and a guys who played at a couple different colleges and been successful. So uh, the guy that played really well yesterday was uh, Isaiah Wong, 22 points. Uh, he uh, fouled out late in the game, and even the neutral fans there gave him a big ovation when he left the court because they could see what a great game he played. And uh, uh, But, yeah, I think Auburn's going to see a lot of guards uh, in this game like they did against Jacksonville State. So – it's going to be up to the big guys for Auburn to uh, make Miami pay for 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 doing that. And Larry Nagus, you mentioned, is a veteran coach. He's a really good coach. Uh, I don't think the ACC is what it normally has been this year, but some of the ACC teams are doing well in postseason, unlike the SEC, which is three and three right now. Yeah. And uh, you know, Auburn's sort of carrying the torch for the league along with Tennessee at the moment. Yeah. Let's talk about Auburn's path after this um, just a little bit. So Wisconsin holds on. Um, last night over Colgate. Didn't look overly impressive in that game, although Johnny Davis looked really good um, down there. And then LSU, I mean, I think LSU was going to go one of two ways. They were either going to make kind of a reverse psychology uh, run to like the Elite Eight or something because they don't have their coach, or they were going to get bounced in the first round. You saw it with Seton Hall. You know, they, they knew their coach was bound for Maryland. They were completely unfocused um, in that game. And so, it, it again, this is a good path for Auburn. It, you know, Hard-hitting analysis. If Auburn plays well, they can probably go to the Elite Eight. But it's it's a it's a decent path here. You're going to play the low seed. Um, if Iowa State were to win, you could play a, a double-digit seed in three straight games. Um, Wisconsin plays a brand of basketball where I'm not sure I'm not sure you're in like blowout territory if you're really anybody. I mean, that's probably going to be a close game um, all the way down the stretch. But um, you know, you talked about it there with Miami, and then we'll and then we'll we'll uh, we'll hop off here after this one. But you know, guard-oriented play. What do Auburn's guards have to do to keep this up? Because we we had we talked about it toward the last month of the season. We knew, you know, you, you can you can look at as many statistics as you want. Um, but when it boils down to it, every year, year by year, it's guard play in March. That's what's going to carry you, um, and that's what might tank you. You know, if you don't have it consistent. Really good job by them yesterday. Zepp Jasper did what he normally does. Katie Johnson bounce back game. Wendell Green nine point six assists. So I mean, they really kind of ran the offense in the way that we know they can do. Like you said, really talented, really experienced backcourt for Miami. What do Auburn's trio of guards have to do in this game in order to keep up the kind of performance they had against JSU? I'd say at the top of the list, stay out of foul trouble. Um, number two, you know, try to match the assisted turnover ratio that they played with against Jacksonville State. And uh, uh, number three, get the ball to Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler and uh, let them do their thing because I think – Miami's going to have a difficult time matching up with those guys. So those are the, my top three, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Miami not super big in the front court. Um, you know, like like Mark said earlier, JSU not a ton of size either. And we kind of saw how that played out over the course of the game. Of course, Miami might be a little bit better on that end of the floor. But you look at uh, Ken Palm defensive efficiency; they're like five spots below JSU. Um, and then you look at effective field goal percentage; they're in the three hundreds. Um, and that just means that <clears throat> opposing teams are getting good looks against them. And so, you know, you, you wonder if Auburn is going to shoot as well from three. They cooled off a little bit in the second half, ended the game shooting 
free, but it, it was like we talked about before, shooting 50% in the first half. That allowed you know, Jalen Williams a tough, a couple tough shots. Um, you wonder if that's going to carry over. Well, obviously, when any team shoots the three ball, they're going to have a good chance to advance. And so we'll have plenty of stuff for you guys um, over the course of the day. This will be a fun day. Um, Jim, Jim Larnega has been very entertaining <laughs> over the past couple days. Um, he's kind of the the uh, the old uh, you know wise coach of this tournament right now. Um, he's had a lot of great things to say so far. So I'm excited to see um, what him and Bruce have to say going against each other. And obviously, both teams extremely motivated now to make it to the Sweet 16. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. This edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast for Mr. Mark Murphy. Right here, if you guys are watching us on Facebook or Twitter, thank you guys so much um, for tuning in this morning from the lobby in Greenville. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later today, and uh, everybody enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday.